Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are currently in Luke chapter 11. We hope to get through this chapter today. And we're going to be talking about the contrast between the things that Jesus was teaching his disciples and the blasphemy of the Pharisees, their um, obstinate unbelief. And of course, you know, Jesus and trying to get them to repent, he rebukes them very, very harshly. And we're going to see the contrast between those that we can win to the Lord through the meekness and gentleness of Christ and those that the only way that they're going to repent is to rebuke them sharply. And so uh, this is going to be an interesting uh, session and we're going to begin right after we pray. Father, we bless you in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, we ask the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us. We can't do this accurately or correctly without your help, Holy Spirit. So uh, join us in this ministry of the Word of God. And Lord, I just pray that the anointing that's upon your Word will affect everyone within the sound of my voice. And Lord, I thank you for that. And I give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Now, we're going to start off. This is uh, once again. This is a reiteration of an earlier confrontation that Jesus had with his disciples where uh, the Pharisees accused Jesus of casting out demons by Beelzebub, uh, the prince of demons. So this is not new. It's just a renewed accusation. Uh, Luke records it. Matthew records the same incident. And so we're going to begin in verse 14 of Luke chapter 11. And he was casting out a devil and it was dumb. And it came to pass when the devil was gone out, the dumb spake and the people wondered. But some of them said he casts out devils through Beelzebub, the chief of the devils. Now, remember, Jesus in our last session was talking about prayer and the Holy Spirit, how important it is to for the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us to help us in our time of petitionary prayer. And without the help of the Holy Spirit, uh, most of our praying is not going to get done. It's not going to get through. You know, there are, and, and this is especially true when it comes to petitionary prayer. Uh, you've got to hang in there until you pray through. I mean, there are spirits uh, in this universe and in this atmosphere around us that are intent in stopping uh, your prayers from being answered. But, uh, but if you'll, if you'll stand in faith and if you'll continue to pray, and if you'll continue to stand upon the word of God, and if you'll continue to plead the blood of Jesus, uh, your prayers will get through and the answer will come. You just have to supply uh, the patience and the endurance. Amen. Faith and patience is how we inherit the promises. Praise God. In due time, we shall reap. And I thank God for that. And I say praise God forever and ever and ever. And so here in this case, uh, the Pharisees, because they're, they're excited with, uh, jealousy and, uh, contempt for the Lord Jesus, uh, they lay a claim upon him and in an attempt to discredit the Lord Jesus in the face of the people, uh, that he was casting out devils by the prince of devils. In other words, they were calling Jesus a witch. They were calling him a, uh, a shaman. And, uh, 
And then there was others, verse 16, and others tempting him, sought of him a sign from heaven. But he, knowing their thoughts, said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, and a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how shall his kingdom stand? Because you say that I cast out devils through Beelzebub. Well, uh, the kingdom of Satan, the kingdom of darkness is with us today. That means that the kingdom of darkness is not divided. And that's who we stand against. Amen. You and I are going to we are going to face battles. And if we're going to be victorious, amen, it's going to come through faith, patience and through the blood and faith in the name of Jesus. And then Jesus goes on and he says this in verse 19. And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your sons cast them out? See, the sons of the Pharisees, the disciples of the Pharisees cast out devils. Amen. Praise God. Therefore, shall they be your judges? But now notice what Jesus says here in verse 20. But if I with the finger of God cast out devils, no doubt the kingdom of God is come upon you. Now, Matthew's record says, but if I by the spirit of God, so the finger of God and the spirit of God are talking about the same person, the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost, praise God. And so we've gone through this before. We don't need to delve into it too deeply. But look in verse 21. When a strong man armed keeps his palace, his goods are in peace. But when a stronger now think of this in context of the demon that Jesus cast out. OK, but when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him, he takes from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divides his spoils. Jesus was stronger than that demon and that young person. Praise God. Amen. Now, you in Christ and me in Christ, we're stronger than the devil. Amen. Because James tells us that if we draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to us. That's a that's a prerequisite. If we're going to be strong in the Lord, we're going to have to be strong in the power of his might. Amen. And we're going to have to draw nigh to him and he'll draw nigh to us. Resist the devil, James says. And he will flee from you. So we know that we have authority over him. Now, we're not more powerful than the devil is, but we have the authority in the name of Jesus. And that makes us stronger than he is. Amen. Hallelujah. So that's a great thing for us to know and to understand. And then Jesus says this in verse 23. He that is not with me is against me. He's talking to the Pharisees. The Pharisees are against Christ. They are against Christ, the very Messiah that he came, that uh, God brought to the earth so that these men might be saved. And he that gathereth not with me scatters. Amen. Once again, that's speaking to the Pharisees. Amen. So there's no middle ground. Either we are with the Lord and we follow him or we are against him. Amen. There's no middle ground. There's no halfway covenant. We are either in the Lord or outside of the Lord. Praise God. And now in verse 24, Jesus used a um, a parable. Uh, and of course, we've already studied this when we're going through Matthew chapter 12. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walks through dry places seeking rest and finding none. And he says, I will return into my house where I came out. 
And when he comes, he finds it swept and garnished. Then goes he and takes to him seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Amen. And so this is the, the same parable uh, that uh, that Jesus is reiterating that he he uh, first uh, spoke in the gospel of Matthew. Amen. And so we'll not take to go. We'll not take time to go through this. But actually, Jesus is using this parable. He's speaking to the nation of Israel. Amen. They rejoiced in the light of John the Baptist. And it was through John the Baptist, many came to repentance, waiting for the one who was to come. That is the Messiah. And many were willing to rejoice in the light of the Savior. But of all the miracles that Jesus did in Galilee, those cities did not repent. And see, so judgment is upon them. And so we need to understand this, that if we're not following the Lord, if we haven't bowed our knees uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, there's going to come a day where we're going to we're going to be judged. And so uh, Jesus is our only hope. Amen. He's the only one that God has given that can pay the penalty for our sins. Amen. Praise God. All right. Now, verse 27. Now, this is something that uh, that I, I found very, very interesting. And uh, let's go ahead and read these two verses. Verse 27, and verse 28. And it came to pass as he spake these things, a certain woman of the company lifted up her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb that bear you and the paps which you have sucked. But Jesus said, yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Praise God. And so this immediately brings to mind what Jesus said and what Matthew records in Matthew chapter seven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, notice the emphasis, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? See, this is a plea. And in thy name, have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works. Uh, actually, when we're talking about the Pharisees, uh, they they have prophesied. In the name, they have cast out devils in the name and they have done many wonderful works in the name. But notice what Jesus says here in verse 23. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. See, Jesus doesn't judge us by our outward adornment or by uh, the things that we do. He judges us according to the thoughts and the intents of our heart. Amen. Praise God. You know, we can be wrong. We can be right in our heart and wrong in our head. We can be, but we can also be right in our head and wrong in our heart. We can do things, but it's not a heart motive. We do them out of a duty and that that does not impress God at all. Amen. If your church membership, if you're doing that just as a duty, that does not impress God. One one ounce, not one iota does not impress him. But if you go in faith and if you go because you love Jesus, if you go because you want to worship him, if you go because you want to be present where the spirit of God is moving. Amen. Now, God will honor that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you'll get a reward for that. Remember what Jesus said. If somebody offers a, a disciple a just a cool glass of water, he will in no wise lose his reward. Praise God. Amen. That's tremendous. 
And therefore, let me finish this passage out. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock, and every one that hears these sayings of mine and does them shall be likened unto a foolish man. Uh, hears these sayings of mine and does not do them shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. Now remember what Jesus said to this woman. Yea, rather, blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it. Now, three things that I gather from these two verses. The woman that said out loud, blessed is the womb that bare thee and the paps which thou hast sucked. Speaking of Mary. Now, first thing is that Jesus didn't rebuke this woman for blessing his mother, for blessing Mary. However, he directed the blessing toward those who hear and keep the word of God. So we cannot say in these two verses that uh, that Jesus was venerating his mother. He was not. However, the people that he was venerating included his mother, Mary. But it included all those that hear the word of God and that keep it. Amen. Saints are called saints because they're born again children of God. Now, there are some in the body of Christ that do greater works than others, but God looks on us the same. We are all saints of God. The only thing that separates us is the gifts and the calling of God that's upon our life. Amen. You know Jesus just as much and just as powerfully as I know Jesus. But the difference may be in the fact that I was called a pastor and I'm a pastor and a teacher. You may not be called in those areas. You may be called to be a Sunday school teacher. You may be called into a local church to be an exhorter or one who shows mercy. Amen. Hallelujah. Those are different giftings. Those are different callings. Amen. But we're all called the saints of God. Amen. Praise God. And so going back to an earlier statement that Jesus made, you know, the Pharisees demanding a sign from Jesus. Notice that that whenever Jesus was asked a question, he always answered it. And see, this was a question asked uh, at the very beginning of this session. And now Jesus is going to answer it. And of course, we've been through this again back in Matthew when we studied Matthew chapter 12. And when the people were gathered thick together, he began to say, this is an evil generation that seeks a sign and there shall now no sign be given it, but the sign of Jonas, the prophet. For as Jonas was a sign unto the Ninevites, so shall also the son of man be to this generation. The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them for she came from the utmost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon and behold, a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh shall rise up in the judgment with this generation and shall condemn it for they repented at the preaching of Jonas and behold, a greater than Jonas is here. Praise God. But notice that Jesus is calling this generation that he's ministering to an evil and adulterous generation. Evil comes from the Greek word ponera, and it means to be bad, to be evil, or to be wicked, to be a twisted generation. 
Amen. They're not they are crooked. They're not walking straight paths. They're walking crooked paths. They're not walking in the truth. And of course, the Greek word for adulterous is mikalis, and it's figurative. It means a faithful, faithless, unclean and apostate person, or in this case, a faithless, unclean and apostate generation. And Jesus said the only sign that's going to be given is that I'm going to be as Jonah was three days in the belly of the whale. I'm going to be three days in the heart of the earth. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's the sign. And of course, this is this is not talking about the many other signs. Remember when John was in prison and he sent one of his disciples to Jesus and, and, he, and, and John wanted to get an answer to, you know, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another? And I can almost imagine Jesus saying, well, hold on here. Hold on. Just wait a minute. And he saw he saw the this disciple saw the healings, people being raised from the dead, devils being cast out, the kingdom of God being preached. And he says, go back and tell John what you've seen. See, that's the sign. And Jesus has been dropping signs. I mean, he has been dropping signs all over Galilee and Judea. And people are ignoring these signs. Just like Jesus is dropping signs in your life and in my life. And if we're wise, we'll look at these signs and we'll obey these signs. But if we're not wise, then we'll just ignore them. And that's to our detriment. Amen. And then, of course, in verse 33, Jesus says this, and this once again is truth. It's leveled at the Pharisees, but also leveled at the disciples and those who were accompanying Jesus. Notice what he says. No man, when he lights a candle, puts it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that it may come that uh, that they which come can see the light. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is single, in other words, when you have clear eyesight, your whole body is full of light. You'll know exactly where to go. You'll know where the door is. You'll know where the road is. You'll know you won't fall down the steps. You can find your way into a room and out of a room. You know where the light switch is. Amen. That's because your body is full of light. But he says this. But when your eye is evil, in other words, when you're the light, your eyes are blinded. Your body is full of darkness. You don't know where you're going. You don't know how to get there. You're going to need somebody to help you. And verse 35 says, take heed, therefore, that the light which is in you, which is in you, is not darkness. See, this is this is an indictment upon the Pharisees. The light that they thought was the light of God was actually darkness. They were misleading I'm telling you, they were misleading the people of Israel. They instructed them. And that's the reason why the Pharisees, you know, were looking right at Jesus and never recognized him as the Messiah. And then to finish this out, verse 36. If thy whole body, therefore, be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle does give you Light. Amen. And what we're talking about here is a full revelation. Amen. Now, you be, may be out listening to this radio program and you're not sure what a Christian is and you're not sure if you're a Christian. You go to church. I mean, but what the pre preacher is preaching to you, you don't understand it. 
You read the Bible. You don't understand it. How can I understand that? Well, you need to pray for God to give you eyes to see. If you're truly born again, you have the light of life on the inside of you. Amen. And God will give you light if you ask him for it. Now, if you're not born again, if you were raised as a cultural Christian, your family went to church, so you go to church. But you've never actually made a commitment to Christ where you repented of sin, you asked Christ to come into your heart and life, and you were changed. If you're truly born again, there is going to be a change. You're going to notice there's a change, and others are going to notice a change in you. Amen. And once you have the power of the Holy Spirit in you, actually you have the entire Godhead move into your heart when you're, when you're born again. Amen. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will reveal Jesus to you. And He is the one that will give you the light to see, to understand, and to know the Scriptures. Praise God. Amen. So I want to challenge you today. If you're not sure whether or not, if you would die today, that you'd go to heaven, well, why don't you make sure? Why don't you have an assurance, seek God for an assurance that you truly are a born-again child of God? And you'll know. You'll know whether you are or whether you're not. God will communicate to you. He will let you know. Praise God. Amen. But one thing for sure is come to know Jesus as his as your savior and as your Lord. Praise God. All right. Now, this last section. Is the section I really want to get to, because this to me is one of the harshest indictments, one of the harshest rebukes that the Lord Jesus had for anybody. Now, he rebuked the disciples in Matthew chapter 23. That was right before his arrest. But uh, here's the situation here where uh, the Pharisees stepped on Jesus and Jesus let them know uh, just exactly the kind of people that they were. Verse 37, And as he spake, a certain Pharisee besought him to dine with him, and he went in and sat down to meet. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. Did you notice that he, this, this guy who calls himself a teacher, a rabbi, didn't wash his hands? That was all ceremonial. Let me tell you something. Jesus' hands were clean enough to eat. He didn't need to wash them again. <laughs> Man. And he's certainly not going to do it. Amen. As a ceremony. I mean, we're, our Savior, he's a real man. <laughs> Amen. And we need to be real believers. Praise God. And the Lord said unto him, Now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter. But your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. In other words, you're full of greed and you're full of wickedness. Boy, I tell you what, now that's hard to take. So Jesus here, he's accusing the Pharisees of keeping their outside real nice and pretty, but inside they're filled with dead man's bones. And then notice what he says in verse 40. You fools. Notice that. You fools. When did we hear that again? Matthew chapter 7. What is the foolish man? That hears the word of God and doesn't keep it. That's exactly what these Pharisees are. They are foolish men. They hear the word of God, but they don't keep it. Oh, they're up on the ceremonial part. But the inward part, no. They have no intention of keeping the inward part. 
Now notice Jesus, Jesus says, verse 4, You fools, did not he that made that which is without also make that which is in within? Amen. He made the heart. We serve God from the heart. But rather give alms of such things as you have instead of extorting the people and using that money to give alms and keeping that which you have. Amen. The rich have a real problem with that, don't they? I mean, when it comes to a, a quarter, man, they will they will squeeze the blood out of a turnip, even though they've got a million quarters sitting in the bank. That's a shame, but it's the truth. But woe unto you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought you have these ought you to have done and not to leave the other undone. Notice that Jesus said that we are not to leave tithing undone. Did you notice that? But in our life, and especially when dealing with other people, we are not to pass over judgment and the love of God. And then Jesus says this in verse 43, Woe unto you, Pharisees, for you love the uppermost speech, seats in the synagogues and greeting in the markets, the sin of the pride of life being seen by men. Folks, let's do something. Instead of wanting the high seat, let's take the low seat. Let's allow the Lord through humility to exalt us in due time. Verse 44, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are as graves which appear not, and the men that walk over them are not aware of them. The Pharisees and the Jews considered walking upon a grave was a defilement. They were defiled. And what Jesus is doing, he's rebuking the Pharisees and he's calling them, you're a bunch of unmarked graves. And the people are walking over these graves. They're unaware that the leaven that you're teaching them is full of corruption. And they are actually being defiled by you. Instead of you blessing the people and helping them, you are defiling them through your corruption and through your false teaching. Now, you think this is bad. Then answered one of the lawyers and said unto him, Master, are you your sayings? Are you reproaching us also? Question mark. So what's a lawyer? Well, he was supposed to be an expert in the law. And he said, <laughs> praise God, this gets me. And he said, woe unto you, you lawyers. <laughs> I tell you, buddy, he's he's laced. Oh, the Lord Jesus, he's just cutting loose. I'm telling you, he's not holding anything back. For you laid men with burdens grievous to be born, and you yourselves don't even touch the burdens with one of your fingers. They are loading upon the people the burdens of the law. Amen. A, a law without mercy, a law without justice. Amen. See, the, the, the tenor of the Old Testament is, yes, there is the law of Moses, but the interpretation and the practice of the law is supposed to be with mercy and justice. I mean, the Old Testament tells us that. Woe unto you, for you build the sepulchres of the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Truly you bear witness that you allow the deeds of your fathers, for they indeed killed them, and you build their sepulchres. Now families, when they have a family member die, they're responsible for burying the dead. And also they're responsible for marking the grave. Amen. For a memorial. 
And so what Jesus is saying here, he's saying there's no difference between you and your fathers. Your fathers killed the prophets. You build their memorials. You're just like them. There's no difference between the two of them. They killed the prophets in their time. You kill the prophets in your time. Amen. Of course, you know, he's uh, that's a uh, indirect way of saying you're going to kill me. Because there's murder in your hearts. Therefore, also said the wisdom of God, I will send them prophets and apostles and some of them and they shall slay and persecute that the blood of all the prophets, which was shed from the foundation of the world, may be required of this generation, the generation that Jesus is speaking to. And verse 51, from the blood of Abel unto the blood of Zacharias, which perished between the altar and the temple. Abel was the first martyr. Zacharias was the last martyr in the Old Testament. I say unto you, it shall be quite, uh, required of this generation. That's powerful. Woe unto you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering you hindered. So what's the key of knowledge? It's the knowledge of the Holy One. It's the fear of the Lord. And as he said these things unto them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently and to provoke him to speak of many things, laying wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him. So instead of these men repenting, amen, of their evil deeds, you see, they just doubled down on their wickedness. Amen. That's a horrible thing. So in this lesson today, let's learn two things. Number one, let's be humble before the Lord. Let's not let's serve him with a heart and not just with an outward show of piety. Let's be real believers. Let's speak the truth. And God will honor that and God will reward us. Amen. Father, we ask you to bless the ministry of this teaching of your word. And we'll give you thanks for it, Father, in Jesus name. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.